You know, I grew up going to church, and I talk about this often, and, you know, one time during my youth group, we did this program. Now, some of you are old enough to remember it. Some of you are too young. This program was called True Love Waits. Anybody old enough for that one? Anybody old enough for that one? Yeah? Did y'all get the ring? Did you get the ring? Did you get the ring? Did you get the ring? Okay. Uh, so, um, we with this program, and it, and it, was, a, it was an interesting program, and, and you know, I know their intentions were good, but the funny thing was my youth pastor at the end of it, we, we all made the commitment to, to stay pure to our wedding day, and my youth pastor got a, uh, a plaque with all of our names on it, and he put the plaque up on the wall. And so the running joke throughout the youth group was who didn't wait on the true love waits. Mean people, right? Mean people. It's amazing that I was able to grow up and be a pastor. Uh, but, but, and that's what, and it became something, it became something in a way that we would almost shame each other in church. And see, that's the problem. Unfortunately, I think most of the time in church, we're scared to talk about sex and we make it this thing that's, that's far off, that's this dirty thing that nobody talks about. And we've really not shown our kids, we've really not shown our young people what a good theology of sex looks like. And so today, we're going to do that. I know you're excited, okay? I know you just can't, you're like, I came on Sex Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah, right? Okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. Why can we not talk about sex in church when the world never shuts up about it? And so if we do not dictate the conversation, they're going to tell us what we need to believe. And so today, my hope is to give you a correct theology of sex, give you some weapons to fight with. Because everybody in the world always asks, well, why do you, why do you Christians wait to, to have sex when you get married? That's an, that's an old traditional mindset. And I'm going to tell you today why that's an incorrect statement. So if you have your Bibles, grab them, go to 1 Corinthians. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You can hang out there. And so the point I want to make to you guys today is this. We cannot scare our kids out of having sex, but we can teach them the way it will work best for them. You can't can't scare your kids out of having sex. In fact, if you want to scare your kids out of having sex, they're probably going to do it more. The way... To teach them the right way is to show them the best way possible for it to happen. And I'm going to give you all the tools you need today. So take vigorous notes. uh, And and please do not quote me. It's not my fault. If you want to quote me, it's on you. Don't make me the bad guy. Deal? Don't make me the bad guy. Okay, so our subject today... How do we encourage our kids to prepare for marriage and sex? Marriage and sex. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 18. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that you are, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. 
So how should you look at your body? You should look at it in three ways. Number one, you are God's temple. You are God's temple. You need to take care of God's temple. Now, this, this is used many a time for people saying, well, you shouldn't put tattoos on God's temple. I'm not talking about that, okay? Don't ask me anymore about if you should have tattoos or not, okay? It's not in the Bible. You could actually make the reference that Jesus had a tattoo in Revelation, okay? Okay, just quit asking me. I don't have a tattoo, never will get a tattoo. Why? Because I pass out when needles come out. <laughs> right? Right? Okay? I don't judge you if you have a tattoo. I don't think Jesus is going to judge you. I don't know where that came from. That wasn't in the first service. But anyway, God's talking about taking care of your body. That means take care of it. That means don't eat the Super Size Me Extra Value meal every day. That means don't smoke. Did you know that smoking's bad for you? Did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know that smoking is bad for you? It's like they made a study about it and like people die every day from it, okay? Take care of your body. Okay, I'm deathly allergic to smoking, so I could never smoke if I wanted to. But take care of your body. And I'm not just making care of fun of you smokers, okay? What I'm saying is we all have something we can work on. A lot of us have the hand-to-mouth syndrome. We like to eat, Right? So here's the thing. God wants you to take care of your temple. Now, my wife grabs at me a lot. I, I spent, I, some of you probably see on my social media, I spend some time in the gym. I don't know if you've noticed. Wait, do you want me to take, you me to take the coat off? No, I'll leave it on. I'll leave it on. It said no open carry. So, uh, yes. Anyway, and my wife asked me, she sat me down the other day, why don't you spend... Why do you spend so much time in the gym? I said, well, babe, the reason I spend so much time in the gym is I want to take care of my body. I don't want to be one of those overweight pastors that dies at a young age because I want Jesus to take me when Jesus is ready. I don't want my Satan to use my body against me. I want to be able to do whatever I can do whenever I want to do it because that's what Jesus has for me. I want to be as useful as a tool as I can. So you've got to... Remember that your body is a temple of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord dwells inside of you. The second way you should look at your body is we have a spirit. We have God. So we need to flee from sin. God doesn't want us to be around sin. You know what is right and what is wrong. So do it. The third thing that we have to look at with our body is we do not have a right to misuse our body You were bought with a price. Jesus died for you so that you could be free. Not to misuse your body, but to glorify him with your body. And so if we view our bodies as God's dwelling place, doesn't that change the way that we treat it? Now notice it says that sexual sin is not like any other sin. In fact, every other sin is outside of the body, but you hurt yourself when you sin sexually. Why is that? Because sex is something that you are actually mingling your soul, the spirit of God that's within you. You are mingling that soul with someone else. There is no other act in this world that you can mingle your soul with someone else other than sex or sexual contact. 
That's the only way. So you can either pray and connect with God. And the only way to connect spiritually with someone else is through sex. So when we put it on that level, that brings a far bigger meaning to it. And so basically what I'm saying to you is sex in marriage is an act of worship. We are mingling our spirits together with the one true God. It is a physical act of worship and a spiritual thing as well. So when you think about sex on that level, it doesn't seem as petty as the world makes it, now does it? It is something that connects you forever. Don't make me go smalls on you forever. Because it does. You will be forever connected with someone. Don't you want to make sure it's the right one? So let's keep reading. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Flip over to Ephesians 5. Wives, don't start sweating on me. You'll be happy I landed here. Trust me. Ephesians 5, starting verse 24. You know where I'm going with this. Don't shoot me until I'm done. Okay? Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to your husbands in everything to their... their so wives, wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, don't quote this verse. Let's keep reading. Husbands, quote this verse if you're going to quote a verse. Husband loves your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The second point. I missed the first point again. Sorry, Blake. The first point was stay pure. The second point is think of your role while you are dating. Think of the role in marriage while you are dating. So men, I'll start with you. Men, if you are not willing to give your life for her while you're dating, it won't change when you get married. Here's the problem. Romantic comedies woefully underprepare you for what marriage is really like. Okay? You do not walk hand in hand from the day you get married and frolic down the beach. You don't. Okay? In fact, when you get married, things get real. Okay, when you have dates, when you get married, she doesn't wake up early every morning to get her makeup and hair done before you wake up. Is that a shock to anyone? Because she doesn't. In fact, she'll wake up and go, hi. And you're like, ah. But it's okay because your breath smells bad too, so it's all right. And so you have to, you are called to love your wife as you love your own body. And God puts that to the test like three months after Crystal and I. Now, this is an approved story, so don't shoot me. I actually asked her what story I could use, and this is the approved story. The breath analogy was not an approved story, but we all have bad breath. It's not a, in particular. I don't think it's a shock to anyone that you wake up with bad breath. We all do, okay? But, you know, like I, I always kiss you every morning and you never kiss me. Let's be real. She'll, I'll, go, I'll go, hey, baby, and I'll kiss her, and she'll go like this. And I'm like, I kiss me. I have bad breath too, okay? Jeez. I want to brush my teeth first. I was like, we've been married almost 10 years now. I know that you have bad breath. Anyway. Where was I going with this? Oh, the P story. Yeah, okay. Jerry was in first service. Uh, 
So anyway, three months after I got married, we were still in the lovey-dovey frolicking down the beach period. No, we weren't. Um, Crystal had a lithotripsy. Now, lithotripsy, if you don't know what that is, they go in the kidney and they break up the stones. So here's what you got to do. You've got to collect the urine. And Crystal was all hopped up on every, like they loaded her up on pain pills. This is before everybody was worried that opiates might like actually be super addicting. Uh, <laughs> I don't really get that. Like they'd give her like whole bottles. It's like, where did all this come from? Jeez. Anyway, so she was, she was loaded up. We still have some of them, actually. <laughs> but don't come to my house looking for them, okay? They're mine, all right? Anyway, what did they give you? Darvacet, like the, yeah. So, hey, she was all hopped up on Mountain Dew. So, anyway, she had to collect her urine, and I had to strain it through a strainer in the toilet to make sure I, we got all of the stones. Do you see that on a romantic comedy? So, fellas, if you don't love her enough while you're dating to strain her pee, you probably shouldn't marry her because let's just put it this way. That's not the worst thing I've ever had to do. But that's the only story you're allowed to hear. We have three kids. Okay? So, if you don't love her that much, when you get married, it's going to be difficult for you to love her as much as you're called to do. Ladies, you ready for yours? You're scared now. If he is not worth submitting to while you are dating, it will only get worse when you get married. When you walk to the end of that marriage aisle, God is not going to snap his fingers and make him the greatest Disney prince there ever was. It ain't going to happen. In fact, here's what happens. He works so hard to impress you that when, he, when you get married, he's tired. Okay? Let's just be honest. We've worked hard. We had to, we had to come up with the proposal. Okay? And you had to tell it a hundred times so we knew it had to be good. So we're tired. Okay? And we're not, we're not the guy that would run and massage your feet at the end of every day. or We're not the guy that would, that would rub your hair till you fell asleep with your head. Laying. We're just like, get off me, it's hot. <laughs> so, if he's not the man that you want your kids to act just like while you're dating, don't marry him. Because it ain't going to get any better. In fact, it's probably going to get worse. You know why they say, till death do you part? Because they know that if they don't tell you that, something else might happen. You might actually do, till death do you part. Because the things that bug you, the things that bug you while you're dating will drive you insane once you get married. But it's the greatest thing ever, right? All you married couples are like, yeah, exactly. So, but one thing you have to understand. Never missionary date. Now, what do you say by missionary date? If, if he or she doesn't know Jesus, you don't date him. Because the Bible calls us to be equally yoked. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't go 
and save people. You shouldn't go and talk to people about Jesus, but that's not what you do with your dating life. Now, don't come to me, ladies, and go, I'm the exception. He's going to find Jesus in our marriage because I'm going to laugh at you because I've talked to so many women that that never works out for, okay? And there's many ladies that we have prayed their husbands into the kingdom of God, but they come in crawling and screaming sometimes. But here's the thing. Don't marry them if they don't know Jesus because marrying you is not going to suddenly make them go, Thank you, Lord. If they don't go to church with you while you're dating, don't marry them. Period. So the quote that you can share all over Facebook, no missionary dating. Do not marry someone to save them. Only Jesus can do that. And you are not Jesus. Okay? You are not Jesus. And don't say, but I'm the exception. You're not. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 7. (laughs) I'm just trying to give you things. Now, those of you that are already married, I realize it's too late for you. Ladies, um, if if your husband doesn't come to church and you would like him to, a great book that my wife would suggest to you is Power of a Praying Wife. Uh, And we've prayed many a husband into this place. We can do it with yours, but I'd like to be proactive. Like, don't marry them before they find Jesus. That would help me whole lot Uh, so first corinthians 7 verse 1 let's keep reading now concerning the matters about which you wrote is it good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman but because of the temptation to sexual immorality each man should have his his own wife and each woman her own husband the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise wives to her husband For the wife does not have authority over her body, but her husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Just FYI, guys, if your wife's upset with you, don't use this verse. Um, Do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourself to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because you lack self-control. So in marriage... Sex is not an option. In fact, a great marriage has great sex. Psychologists say, psychologists say that the the depth of your sex life usually constitutes how healthy your marriage is. So tonight, just remember, you have the opportunity to make your marriage great again. You'll get that later. Remember tonight, you have the opportunity to make your marriage great again. That kind of fell flat in the first service, but I think it has a cult following because people have been sending me graphics. It says, vote for Pastor Todd, make your marriage great again. (laughs) It was just guys sending me it, but, you know, it's cool. (laughs) It's like, yeah, woo, preacher said we could have sex, yeah. Remember, you're not supposed to quote me. It's not my fault. But if you'll notice, if you'll notice in this verse, it says, do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement on a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer. If you go to the, to the Greek translation of prayer, it does not translate to headache. 
just so you know. God, come on, guys. You can laugh about these things, okay? Yeah, it, it, means, it means prayer. Prayer, okay? So the only reason, guys and gals, that we can deprive our husbands or wives is for times of prayer, okay? That ought to raise the prayer life of the church quite a bit, right? <laughs> they said we needed more prayer in church. Here we go. But what I want you guys to understand, sex is worth waiting for. It is awkward at first, but practice makes perfect. Young people, listen to me. Sex is awkward. In fact, in fact, it's probably the most awkward thing you'll ever do on the planet at first. But it gets better. There's many people that wait to have sex until they get married and they go, is this what I waited for? Something my Paul Barham told me, and I wasn't asking for this. He said, just wait till you get in your 70s. The sex is best then. And I'm sitting there going, Paul, get out of my head. But honestly, I hope he's right. I hope he's right. I'm praying that he's right. I just don't want to know about it. <laughs> and I didn't ask him. I didn't say, well, Papa, what is sex good? No, he's like, hey, just remember, y'all, y'all don't be having sex. One of my, I think, I think he said it because one of my cousins got pregnant. He's like, y'all don't be having sex because sex only gets better in your 70s. It's like, Papa, that doesn't make me not. It's called. <laughs> Please stop talking. And so, anyway, but what, I, what I'm getting at with that, you know, shocking revelation from my grandfather is that when you love someone, when you care about them, when you mingle your soul with someone else, it only gets better with time. You know, sex, the physical aspect of sex is awkward at first, but once you love each other, you care for each other, you get used to the needs of one another, it becomes something that, that engages and, and makes your, your marriage life even greater. You are connected at a spiritual level with your spouse. So young people, isn't it worth waiting on the one that tells you that they're going to love you forever to do that? Now, I'm not, t- I'm not saying the one that tells you that they're going to love you forever. I'm saying the one that put the ring on it in front of the pastor, me, and all these people, and say, I do, puts the two rings on it, not just one, two. You know, I know some, are y'all going to one these days? Whatever. What I'm saying is get married, make sure that they have committed to you and before God that they're going to be forever, and then you can trust that you love them or that they love you. And so, guys, what I want you to understand about sex and I want you to understand about marriage. Marriage and sex are great. The best thing you will ever have as long as it's in the right context. If you take something that is good out of context, it's not so great. Like McDonald's french fries, they're awesome when they're hot, crispy, and have salt on them. They're not so awesome frozen. Correct? And so... The problem is, if, if you take McDonald's french fries out of the context they're intended to be, they're not so great. Same with sex. If you take it out of the context of what it's supposed to be, it's not going to be great for you. And the results may be catastrophic for your life. But here's what I'm telling you. 
if you will wait, if you will allow God to bless you and bless your marriage, it's going to be the greatest thing you've ever experienced. So what does this mean for us? How do I land the plane on sex Sunday? Okay. Now, just so you know, we, we planned this back in November. So we knew this was going to happen. Pastor Ethan and I and, and Pastor James, we planned this modern family series. And they go, we need to talk about how to talk about our kids with sex. And I go, who wants to preach that? And they both got silent. <laughs> I guess I'll do it, okay? I guess I'll do it. So the first, if you're new here at Hope Church, I always end my messages with questions kind of challenge you for your week. The first is, do you need to change the way you treat your body? Maybe you're married. Maybe you, you have a good sex life, but maybe you don't treat your body so well. You are God's temple. You were bought with a price. God wants you to treat your body with respect. So be respectful of your body. Be healthy. Let's not, let's not make America fat again because it's already pretty fat. Let's be healthy. I don't want to do people's... I, I've done enough funerals of people that die young. I want you to be healthy and I want you to outlive me if you can. The second question, are you honoring God with your sex life? Now that's wherever your sex life is. If you're young, you don't need to be having any sex life. If you're married, are you being faithful only to your wife? Because something I haven't brought up is pornography. Pornography can be something that when introduced into the marriage can mess some things up. You were called to be faithful only to your wife. I have known guys that tell me, well, pastor, I'm, I'm addicted to pornography, but as soon as I get married, I'm going to let it go. Well, here's the thing. It's addicting. Pornography is just as addicting as any drug. And so be careful. Be careful not to fall into that trap. But wives, husbands, give your spouse, fulfill the needs that they need so that so that the devil, the Bible says, fulfill each other's needs so that the devil has no foothold in your marriage. So are you honoring God with your sex life? Number three, as the van comes back, is God asking you to change something today? What is God asking you to change? You know, maybe you need to be healthier. Maybe you need to invest a little bit more in the passion in your marriage. Maybe you need... For God to make you pure again. Maybe you've, you've made a mistake. Because here's the thing, guys. I don't want you to hear me that once you've had sex, you're ruined. Because that's what griped me about the whole True Love Waits movement. What God is saying to you today is, it, even if you have messed up, He can make you whole again. There's nothing you can ever do that God can't undo. Now, it may take some counseling, but there's nothing that you can do that God can't ever undo. So God can forgive you if you can forgive yourself. But what he wants you to do is he wants you to move forward. So here in just a minute, our prayer partners are going to come up. In fact, y'all go ahead and get in place so they can see where you are. We're going to have some up here in the front and in the back. And if you need some prayer today, you know, this is a difficult topic, I know, to come and ask for prayer for. So what I'm saying is you can ask for prayer for anything. You know, maybe you're struggling with some health issues. Maybe you're struggling with some finances. Maybe you're struggling with some hurts in your life. 
Come and let us pray for you today. Our God is a God of restoration. God wants to restore your marriage. God wants to restore your family. God wants to restore your life. So today, don't miss the opportunity to allow someone to pray for you and seek restoration. Guys, here at Hope Church, we're in the restoration business. We don't want to tell you that you're a bad person. We don't want to tell you that we're just, we just all say we're all bad people and we all need Jesus. And so we want to see families restored. We want to see marriages restored. We want to see people made whole again. That's what we're in the business of. So my encouragement for you today is what do you need to change so that God can move more freely in your life? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you today that you love us. Lord, I thank you that no matter how much we mess up, you still care for us. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that we would see this message as something that can empower us to walk in the freedom that you have given us all. Lord, you have given us a freedom to walk in with sex, with marriage, that is a great freedom, but we don't want to tamper with that. Lord, help us to walk in the freedom that you've given us. Lord, help us not to test you, but Lord, help us to, to be set free to do what you've called us to do. Lord, I pray for marriages today that need to be healed. I pray for relationships that need to be healed. Lord, I pray for people that need healing in their body. Lord, I pray for people that need restoration in their finances. Lord, I pray that you would be with each and every one of those today. Lord, and if they need prayer, I pray that you would just give them the courage they need to step out and pray with someone. So, Lord, I just pray today, Lord, that you would be honored and praised in all that we do. For it's in Jesus' name. Amen.